0: Welcome everybody to the podcast today for May twenty second two thousand sixteen. We are continuing our rewatch of all of the X Men films with X Men Origins Wolverine, the first of two standalone Wolverine films with a third to come next year. This one naturally starred Hugh Jackman in the lead role as Wolverine or Logan or James or I think he's probably called Jimmy at one stage here too. So he's a lot of a lot of names, but he's Wolverine. Lee Friebe is. Sabretooth, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, much to a lot of people's <laughs> chagrin. People are quite mad. Danny Houston was Major William Stryker, replacing Brian Cox. So These three people have played that role in the X-Men universe at this stage. At least Wolverine has been the same person the whole time. This is Wolverine's origin story, as the film suggests. It was during a period, I think, when Fox were considering making a bunch of X-Men origin films, which is the reason it was titled X-Men Origins Wolverine, and a Magneto origin film was what first class was ended up turning into. I think they had like Deadpool and Cyclops origin stories planned as well and they even dropped a little Cyclops into this film. Young Cyclops is in this film. It's interesting this film clashes a lot with Apocalypse canon-wise. They explicitly cut whatever happened from in The Last Stand from canon in Days of Future Past and I suppose implicitly they also imply that all of what happened in X-Men Origins Wolverine also didn't happen because of Days of Future Past. We also had Deadpool which utterly contradicts the events of this film. So this film didn't really happen. If you look at the X-Men continuity, the events of X-Men Days of Future Past are retconned from history. I don't think they've... If they've said that, I didn't see them say it, but that feels like what they've done. Hugh Jackman is back as Wolverine. He's really good as Wolverine. No matter what about these films, he will always be really good as Wolverine and at least the films have that, it's it's not great. This film really isn't that great. It starts with, I think, what would have been a much more interesting idea for a film, the idea that Wolverine is a, at least a couple hundred years old and that he went through the American Civil War and World War II and, like, wars of independence and that kind of stuff. I think that would have been a much more interesting basis of a film and how those experiences formed the character we see today and how he has seen an awful lot. You think of Wolverine in the kind of the canon of the X-Men which is, is usually post adamantium and you know even by the stage he got to the loads of metal being poured through his body he really had gone through quite a bit and you can kind of understand how he's kind of gruff and angry without ...needing more explicit reasons to make him gruff and angry. The film's core premise is that there is a group of mutants that are a strike-crack team of amazing, awesome mutants who do things for the government under shady auspices. And then they try to kill people and Wolverine's like, no, I don't kill people, at least not innocent people. In those early stages, too, he has bone claws. And bone claws are honestly more terrifying than adamantium claws. Not that they're like more effective; they're not. But he just, you know, shinks out his bone claws. They don't even shink. They more like he more, he, more likes, he cracks out his bone claws, and like, ah, oh, ah, oh, it's disgusting. All right, all right, I'll leave. You don't have to kill me. That's bad enough as it is. Bone claws terrifying people rag on Deadpool in this film, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. And obviously, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool was released this year as a standalone film, which totally ignores the events of this film, with the exception of a couple of uh, tongue-in-cheek nodding gags, but there's the first scene where Deadpool walks into a room, swings his swords about, and cuts a bunch of people, also cuts a bullet in two, and kills two separate people with each half of a bullet, and that's awesome, it's probably awesome than any of the action scenes in the actual 2016 Deadpool film, which I actually, which I didn't really think all that much of. I don't think it was a particularly great film. Not particularly funny, and not particularly interesting. And none of the meta jokes, well, not none of the meta jokes, but a lot of the meta jokes were just kind of like, guys, you're trying too hard. It felt like they were trying too hard. That was my problem with that film. Wolverine leaves the the evil crack team of mutants to stay in the Rocky Mountains. He had a really sweet, sweet hut. A hut on the top of a mountain. That kind of thing appeals to me. Just, you know, quiet life. Middle of nowhere, log cabin, edge of a cliff. Ideally, don't fall because falling is is quite bad for your health. Well, falling is fine for your health. Generally, it's the landing that's the issue. And then he's he Wolverine, after living in seclusion for six years, is dragged back in, of course. But because this film isn't logger Wolverine living in the Canadian Rockies, just cutting down wood. Though so that may probably be for a more interesting film as well. And Wolverine is dragged back in by a need to kill Sabretooth because he thinks Sabretooth killed his his lady friend but it turns out his lady friend is betraying him all along to drag him back in and force I don't know force him to get adamantium and then Deadpool can be made there, I don't care <laughs> I did, that's my problem about all of this I didn't particularly care Wolverine's quest for revenge was interesting-ish but nah nah I didn't really care about any of it actually the screenplay was written by David Benoit, or Benoit, I don't know how he pronounces it, who was the co-creator of Game of Thrones. There's a little interesting tidbit. He made a mediocre X-Men film before he went on to create one of the biggest television sensations of all time. This film had one of my least favourite tropes that you see all the time. There's a nice old couple who take Wolverine in right after he is injected with a bunch of metal so he's quite confused about why his bone claws are suddenly metal claws and why he's butt naked after running out of a lab. And the old couple are nice, they feed him, they clothe him, they give him wise sage wisdom, so of course they're immediately killed. And I hate that. I really do hate when films and TV shows do that. When they establish characters to be likeable, and nice, and kind, with the sole purpose, the express purpose, to kill them off instantly. And it's not like their death inspires much in Wolverine, he's already out for revenge, it's not like he needs something else to get revenge over, he's gonna hunt down the people that kill those lovely old folk anyway. They just kill them off, in the, they're in pursuit of their stupid little action scenes, they kill off a likeable old couple, and I don't like that. Playing with my feelings in a way that feels cheap. Don't do that. Gambit's in this film. It's the only X-Men film I think he's been in so far. Next year, we'll see the release of Channing Tatum's standalone Gambit film. But he feels shoehorned in here. It's as if the the writer's just thinking, people like Gambit, right? Yeah? That, you know, cards, pew-pew, Explode. Spinning, spinning pipe thing? Spar? Staff? Staff is the word. Yeah. Spinning staff thing? Yeah, let's throw him in here. And he feels really shoehorned in it. Doesn't really... He doesn't really do anything in the film. He doesn't serve any real purpose other than it's like, Hey, look, guys, Gambit. People had a big problem with the way this film treated Deadpool. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds, I think, did as well. He, he has made more than one reference to it about how he was turned into this weird amalgamation of other superheroes with his mouth sewn shut. And yeah, not really true to the Deadpool character. And I have I've no real problem with adapting the source material in a different way. That's the point. You're not there to shoot a comic book. You just literally shove the camera in front of the comic book and film the pages. That's pointless. That, that, that already exists in one medium. The point is to take what is in the comic book, put your own spin on it, come up with come with it from a new direction with some new ideas. It's adapting it. It's not shot for shot remaking it in a different medium. But, when you lose the spirit of what the character is supposed to be and the spirit of what the character is supposed to represent that's when you do begin to lose me and I think that's what happened with Deadpool here and actually Zack Snyder's Superman definitely happened with that because that character doesn't stand for anything anymore and that undercuts the whole message of who Superman is and who Superman is supposed to be What what's the point of that character what's the point of any of these characters if you undercut and kind of remove their core message so adapt things, fine don't lose the central spirit of what you're adapting though that's what people like about it There was also a Professor X cameo, CGI Patrick Stewart shoved into this film, which felt like a a bit of fan service, but I suppose the idea was, oh look, that's how Cyclops got into Professor X's care, which again, Apocalypse kind of undid, which is weird, that there is a film that basically doesn't exist anymore. The canon, most of this canon does kind of exist, like The Last Stand exists, it's just undone. I think that's the same here, but they've never said it. It's weird. It's what you get when different people make different films. Gavin Hood made this film, he was the director. And the only other film I recognised of his was Ender's Game. Which is an alright, probably better than this film. This film isn't particularly good. Again, kind of like The Last Stand, it's not rubbish. It's not like irredeemably just terrible on every level. It's worse offences, it's kind of dull. And probably does very little with its characters. That seems to be the difference between good X-Men films and bad X-Men films. Spectacle versus character the more they lean on plot and spectacle and just ooh look plot point plot point plot point losing the sense of character and who these characters are and what you're trying to say about them that's when the x-men films tend to to become a little more shaky and when they they ground them in that sense of character and what these characters motivations are and what this film is is trying to say about them and where this film is trying to take them then the x-men films generally succeed x-men origins wolverine there's a reason they didn't make many other origins films though i say that knowing full well they rebooted, technically, the whole thing as an origin story. But that worked, thankfully. And I'll get to that next time when I talk about X-Men First Class. That continues my run-through of the X-Men films. Today's May 22nd. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.